and welcome back to Real Talk Sports with Rico. Today I will be your host and today we are actually talking about uh, week two of the NFL season and then we're actually talking a little bit about the uh, fantasy football here and some of the the uh, streaming pickups that there were here going into week two and, and what that outlook turned out to be here. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into the show and let's jump into the first game of the week, which was an exciting game uh, between the Washington football team and the New York Giants came down to the last second field goal here uh, and Washington winning this game 30 to 29. Um, setting themselves up for a three-way tie in the NFC East here. We'll talk about that later in the show. But, um, you know, the bottom line here in this football game was it was just, uh, it was a back-and-forth affair. I didn't think that uh, Daniel Jones was going to have the success that he did, and um, he actually did. He was able to actually rip Washington a couple times. Um, I thought that Washington's defense would be a little bit more tougher for him to to kind of pick apart, but um, they really didn't have any answers for him on the ground, and then he would make timely plays there to keep the Giants alive. Um, not very much from Saquon Barkley. Um, he did have two receptions for 12 yards, but did have one breakout carry, uh, which put him at 13 rushes for 57 yards, so certainly a lot better than week one, but I just talked about how Daniel Jones was able to get it together on the ground. Uh, nine for 95 and a touchdown for him. And he also had 249 in the air for a touchdown. On the other side of the ball, um, the question is, has Washington found their quarterback in Tyler Hinkie? 34-46, two touchdowns, did have an INT, but a 99.5 rating. And bottom line is, he had actually thrown an interception here. Uh, late in the game, but Washington was able to get the football back to him. He's able to drive down for a field goal. Um, the first attempt actually was missed, but due to an offside penalty, Washington got a second chance and, and actually won the game. But, you know, Tyler Henke, he was able to go ahead and uh, he was able to get it done. He was able to feed um, Terry McLaurin here, 11 receptions, 107 yards and a touchdown. Um, a pretty ball that he threw to Ricky Sills Jones there in the corner of the end zone um, towards the, the end of the game. That was pretty. So this guy made incredible throws out here. Um, and Washington, really, they've had the most starting quarterbacks, uh, I think, in the league at this point in time. Like, it's just they haven't really found a starter. And when you look at this situation and you look at the fact that Here's a team that is desperately in search of, um, they're really in search of a starting quarterback, and they may have just found one. Um, so this is a situation here where I look at this and I go to myself and I say, well, if Washington has found a quarterback here, you think about the defense that they have. Can they now turn the corner here with this quarterback um, and then also, too, they have this running game as well. Is this the year for Washington to really take a major step forward? Um, that's definitely a question to be answered here, but an exciting football game to start off on Thursday. Uh, next up, we had the Chicago Bears versus the Cincinnati Bengals here. Um, in, in this football game here, um, you're looking at the Chicago Bears coming in. You know, they looked very bad in week one against the Rams. Um, come out and to me get a surprising win against the Bengals. Um, the Bengals fall to one and one, Chicago one and one. In this game, Andy Dalton goes down. 
you get Justin Fields here to come into the game. Yes, he did get the win, but it's kind of a mixed review as to what he did. I mean, he did have 10 rushes for 31 yards, um, and he also did have um, 60 yards in the air, but he threw an interception there. Um, it wasn't the cleanest and crispest game, um, but he did get the win in this one. Uh, the defense played a lot better for the Chicago Bears. You know, they still got some good production here from David Montgomery, the 20 rushes, 61 yards there. Um, and then also, too, they got some good, good effort here from um, Allen Robinson. You know, he got a touchdown on the day, two for 24. Um, Darnell Mooney, six for 66 as well. So um, they, they were able to utilize the passing game. The defense played a lot better here. And it certainly helped that the fact that Joe Burrow threw three consecutive interceptions here did go for 207. Um, I think he's got the most consecutive, I think, 200-yard days or something like that that I'd seen that statistic. So um, I was definitely shocked that the Bears were able to get this. I thought that Justin Fields uh, would make a little bit more of a splash. But the bottom line is when you bring a guy like Justin Fields in, you're expecting him to win. And that's what he did. You know, it's not always how it looks. It's the bottom line that's winning games. And that's what he did. And so, you know, news has come out here today that if Andy Dalton is healthy, that he will be the starter. I've always said that I think at some point this season, Justin Fields will start. Um, and hey, you know, I know it wasn't the cleanest game for Justin Fields, but he got the win. If the Bears can continue to play defense like this, um, I think they're going to be a solid football team despite their week one um, a tough loss there against the Rams. Next up, we got the Cleveland Browns versus the Houston Texans. This one was a lot more competitive than I thought it was going to be. Uh, Cleveland did get this one out 31-21. I uh, got a little scary there. Baker Mayfield went down uh, after an interception attempt, hurt his shoulder or something like that, but came back. Was 19 of 21, 213, a touchdown, did have the pick. Uh, but, you know, Nick Chubb carried them as, as usual, 11 rushes, 95 yards, and a touchdown there. Kareem Hunt, 13 for 51 for him. So, um, you know, and also, too, Jarvis Landry went down in this game, and they already didn't have Odell Beckham Jr. So uh, that's a little concerning, you know, if you're a Cleveland fan for sure. But the fact that they're able to come back and rebound from a tough loss there in Arrowhead um, and get the victory here. Um, against the Houston Texans team that was feeling pretty good. I mean, they, they won week one. Um, and I'm not sure where they would have went uh, moving forward here because Tyrod Taylor did get hurt in this game. I think he strained a hamstring or something like that. Uh, before he left, he was 10 of 11, 125, and a touchdown for him. Mark Ingram, 14 for 41. Um, so not nearly the week that he had the week before. Um, Brandon Cooks looking good. Nine receptions, 78 yards, and a touchdown there. Um, and Phillip Lindsay, uh, one for 22 and a touchdown for him. So um, the fact that Houston is hanging tough and actually putting some points on the board here, to me, I think is a depleted offensive unit. But, you know, the key question is, what is Houston going to do moving forward, um, especially if Tyrod Ty Ty Taylor is going to miss some time with his hamstring here and they've announced that uh, Deshaun Watson uh, still won't be active so it's a critical juncture here for Houston um, you know I, I kind of wonder if they're really going to go into full rebuild mode I think that that's yet to be seen 
Um, I think that's something that will probably be uh, something that's more clear, especially if they end up trading uh, Deshaun Watson here. So, again, I pick Houston to really struggle here in the AFC South. And, um, you know, yeah, they got the week one, um, but they're playing a lot more tougher than I thought. But they are going to struggle, um, you know, just around the board here i mean they're they just have so many holes there on the defense and the offensive end and then they have a mess there with deshaun watson so they've got to figure that out but uh cleveland wins they're one and one and houston one and one next up we had the los angeles rams versus the indianapolis Colts, and in this football game i, I clearly think that the indianapolis Colts, to me were going to win this game um i think they had a lot of momentum here um I'm not saying that Carson Wentz played the best ball. Um, you know, he still looks like he's he's really struggling out there. Um, 20 for 31. He did have a touchdown. He did have an INT there. Um, but, you know, it's, Carson has really struggled, especially since he got injured. Um, you know, I think at the Coliseum against the Rams, uh, where they eventually went on to win the Super Bowl that year. Um, just really struggled and it didn't help matters that he actually sprained two ankles in this one late couldn't come back um, and his backup um, Jacob Eason actually comes in and throws an INT which pretty much decided the contest here um, on the other side of the ball Matthew Stafford 19 of 32 touchdowns and INT he did bang his thumb um, he's had some injuries there. You had Daryl Henderson Jr., 13 for 53 and a touchdown for him. Um, and he actually is hurt with bruised ribs. Um, you know, that's tough there for the Rams because he missed a lot of time there last year. You know, they had a tough situation with the running backs. But the good news is that they have Sonny Michelle over there. Sonny Michelle, excuse me. And he was 10 for 46. He didn't find the end zone, but had just as many yards as... Um, Daryl Henderson here so that that has to be uh, a welcoming sign if you are a, a Rams fan here on the other side of this thing you had Cooper Cobb nine for 163 and two touchdowns looked really good Robert Woods is doing a great job uh, kind of playing on the other side of him five receptions 64 yards there um, Tyler Higby uh, one one for eight and then you had uh, Van Jefferson Jr. one for 14 um, he had a big week one. So the Rams find a way to get it done. Um, you know, Errol, Aaron Donald, three solo tackles, seven or yeah, three solo, seven total. Uh, didn't get a sack, but did get a ton of hurries there. Um, you had Jalen Ramsey get that key interception that we just talked about here. So the Rams are rolling right now. They're looking pretty good. Um, I definitely see that if this team is not healthy, um, it could be very troublesome for them late. Uh, but we'll see what happens here with the Rams. I mean, so far, they're looking pretty good uh, with Matthew Stafford back there. Next up, you have the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins here. This one was a complete blowout. Buffalo winning 35-0. Knew they were going to rebound after losing to the Steelers here. Um, in this one, Tua goes down with the bruised ribs here. Uh, Josh Allen, 17 for 33, two touchdowns and an INT. Devin Singletary, 13 for 82 and a touchdown for him. Um, and then you had Zach uh, Moss here who actually found the end zone twice, only rushed for 26 yards. And uh, Stefan Diggs, four receptions, 60 yards and a touchdown for him. 
Um, so again, you know, the Bills are who we thought they were. Um, they definitely could score points here. You knew they were going to come back after that loss there from the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers there in week one. And so it doesn't surprise me that they won the game. It did surprise me here that the Dolphins gave up 35 points. Uh, but that's how it goes sometimes, especially when you lose your starting quarterback. Um, just put the defense probably in a tough situation and the team in a, in a tough situation as well there. So, um, you know, they're hoping that Tua will be back here, or at least able to practice here by Wednesday. Um, you know, Jacoby. Um, Brissett came in here, the, the longtime backup for the Indianapolis coach came in. Um, he's definitely capable of winning some games and things like that. So, um, you know, you expect the Dolphins to probably play a lot better here moving forward. Next up, you have the New England Patriots and the New York Jets here. New England wins this 25-6. to I, I mean, listen, New England struggled to score points last year. And I thought they were going to struggle this year. Um, with Mac Jones here, a rookie quarterback, but he's looked very good. Um, you know, this is a team that essentially to me, um, it was really built on the run last year. And I think that they've opened up the playbook fully to the passing game here. Um, you know, 22 for 30, uh, that, that definitely screams out here that you have a lot of trust in your rookie quarterback when you let him throw it 30 times. Um, he has a good compliment back here with, uh, Damon Harris and James White I think quietly the Patriots have figured out their backfield situation here not a lot of people knew about Damon Harris um, a great runner here out of Alabama 16 for 62 and a touchdown there uh, and James White playing very well in the receiving game um, and the running game as well because he had six for 45 receiving and then he had five rushes 20 yards and a touchdown as well so um you know, hey, the Patriots get it done, and Zach Wilson, on the other hand, really struggled here. Four INTs on the day here, 19 for 33, 210. Uh, just, just a tough, tough day right there for the Jets here, and a tough, tough learning experience here for Zach Wilson. So, um, I know he looked good in the preseason, but that is the preseason. Now we have the starters out here. It's a totally different game speed, and so... Uh, tough situation there for the Jets. I, I think that, uh, you know, they're going to get better in time, but uh, we'll definitely see here as Zach Wilson uh, continues to, to kind of go through the growing pain here. Next up, the San Francisco 49ers and the Philadelphia Eagles here. Um, I, I thought that the 49ers would win this game. Um, I wanted to see if the Eagles were going to be, uh, could, could they follow up from what they did last week in Atlanta? And, you know, the answer is no. I mean, they struggled to put points up on the board just like they did a year ago. I think that uh, when you look at Jalen Hurts here, um, he did have 12 for 23, didn't throw a touchdown. He did run for a touchdown. He had the 10 for 82 there. He actually led the backfield here. Um, but just looking at the receiving core, uh, they really struggled. You know, you only had two receptions for 16 yards for Devontae Smith. Um, Jalen Rager, only two for five. Um, and these are they're guys that you, you brought in in a first-round basis here to really, really give you some firepower uh, on the offensive end, and they just have not been able to. I know this is week two, 
but you're expecting a little bit more consistency here. And uh, to top things off here, I think that they lose Brandon Graham to an Achilles injury, which is tough here. So, you know, the Eagles are definitely going to probably struggle here. Uh, the defense is definitely depleted. Jalen Hurts is still trying to figure things out here. And uh, I think they found that out here against a tougher defense here with San Francisco. And when you look at San Francisco on the other end here, um, look at Jimmy Garoppolo, 22 for 30, did have a touchdown, only 189 yards here. Um, Debo Samuel, another great day, six receptions for 93 yards. He had a terrific day. Um, so, you know, when you look at those statistics there, you know, I know a lot of people were talking about Trey Lance and he's going to take over and all this and all that. Uh, but all Jimmy Garoppolo has done is been consistent, win games, and definitely show you why uh, the 49ers are good when he plays. Um, you know, that defense played stout. I know it's against the Eagles, but they look very good. And then they lose Eli Mitchell here, and they also lose Jermichael Hasty. Um, if you remember here, San Francisco was just decimated by injuries last year, and it started with their backfield. Um, so this is a bit scary here. Um, I know they're 2-0, and I know that if anybody can figure out, you know, how to get a ground game together, it's Coach Shanahan here. But I just think that in this situation, it's not a good start here for your football team when you're, you're starting to lose guys already here in week two. Um, next up here, we have the uh, Las Vegas Raiders versus the Pittsburgh Steelers here. Probably one of my shockers of the day. Uh, the, the Raiders win 26-17 in Pittsburgh, moving to 2-0 here. Um, you know, I have to talk a little bit about the defense. It, the Raiders' defense has been shockingly a lot better than I thought they were going to be. I mean, they caused the turnover here um, with the interception here. They, you know, really stopped Najee Harris from getting off there in the running game. He only had 38 yards on the, on the ground, so they did a great job there. Um, I know Dante Johnson did get a little loose there in the secondary. He had nine for 105 and uh, Claypool three for 70 here. But just it, despite that, really, really great defense here. Um, you know, they really got after the after Ben Roethlisberger here. Uh, that front seven really made it tough to really run the football as well. And, um, you know, I have to take my hat off here to John or Jay. Yeah, John Gruden, excuse me, for really revamping the culture here and turning this thing around here. And then I'd say offensively, uh, you know, I like what Derek Carr is doing. Uh, they definitely turned him loose here. 37 pass attempts here. Um, no Jacobs. He was inactive due to the toe here. And they got Henry Ruggs going here. Five receptions, 113 yards, and a touchdown there. Um, and Darren Waller, five receptions, 65 yards as well here. So, look, the Raiders are balling. They're looking good. Um, they showed that, hey, week one was not a fluke here. Taking care of business on the road. Um, you, you have to ask yourself, are the Raiders starting to come into their own? They looked very good here on Sunday. Next up, you have the Carolina Panthers versus the New Orleans Saints. Uh, really in a blowout here, 26-7. to um, I think a lot of people thought that the Saints were going to have a better day here, especially after Jameis Winston had um, that outburst in week one. But comes back, throws the two interceptions here and no touchdowns here. 
And that's a little worrisome there because that is what Jameis Winston struggled with here in the in the past, excuse me, which is throwing interceptions. Uh, if he's throwing interceptions, the Saints are going to struggle and they cannot win that way. Uh, Alvin Kamari, tough day, only had five yards on eight attempts here. You very rarely see that. Did have four receptions for 25 yards. And you start to wonder now, with the offense being the way it is, uh, with there being no Michael Thompson, and now people are being able to key a lot more on Kamara, um, you wonder now, is he going to struggle this year? Uh, That's the question, especially if you've drafted him from a fantasy football standpoint. Um, Yet to be remained what will happen. We'll see what happens week three. Uh, They are getting ready to to head back home, I know, for some home games and stuff like that, so we'll see if that kind of changes. Changes the Saints here moving forward. Uh, on the other side of the ball, how about Sam Darnold? All he does is come over from the Jets, get two wins. He did have two touchdowns and an INT here, but uh, 38 times he went there to the air, 305 uh, the total there in yardage, and they were able to get Christian McCaffrey going. And more importantly, he's healthy 24 for 72 on the ground and a touchdown, and he also had. Um, five for 65, two in the air, and they got DJ Moore going with eight for 79 and a touchdown there. So, um, this was a, a good, well, um, well showing here for the the Panthers here. I think that when I say well showing, I mean they looked really, really good, uh, really well out there. And I think that this defense is actually showing that they are definitely legit here. Um, definitely were able to generate some sacks here up front um you know they were able to cause turnovers obviously in the passing game here so the Panthers look really good at 2-0 and here um I think as long as they can continue to keep Christian McCaffrey on the field here and give Sam Darnold um some weapons here on the outside which I think is what he really lacked with the Jets uh he's definitely showing that he can be uh, a starting quarterback in this league that can win games here uh, next up here, you have the uh, Denver Broncos versus the Jacksonville Jaguars here. Um, you know, 23-13, to 13, Denver wins this thing. I expected them to win this. I picked Jacksonville to really struggle here. Um, how about Teddy Bridgewater coming in here, 26, to 30, 26 of 34, two touchdowns and 328 um, in the air here. So... Look, Teddy Bridgewater, to me, is probably providing the most quarterback stability that they've had since Peyton Manning's left. Um, I know a lot of people have been up and down on Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, He did have that major knee injury, but he came back, showed that he could play uh, with the Saints, got the deal there with the Panthers, and he won some games there, and here he is now. You have the same kind of offense that he had when he was at Minnesota where it was built off the running game. Remember, he had all that success with Adrian Peterson there. You now have Javante Williams and you have Melvin Gordon here who has established himself in this league as a a pretty good runner. You get those elements going along with the fact that Teddy Bridgewater can get the ball down the field in the air. Uh, I like Denver's chances, and you also have to like the fact that they have an elite defense as well, 
Um, so this looks like a really good situation. I think a great pickup here. Cortland Sutton had nine receptions, 159 yards, a huge outburst there. Uh, Tim Patrick coming into his own. He had a touchdown. Noah Fain had a touchdown. Denver looking awfully good here. On the other side of the ball, Trevor Lawrence, uh, 14 of 33, a touchdown and two picks here. Uh, he struggled. James Robinson there. Uh, he had 47 yards here uh, on the ground. Didn't have really well he had 17 I guess in the air here remember he was definitely the guy um that pretty much to me was the MVP of the, the team there last year as he essentially came out and set a record there for the most yards by an undrafted free agent uh he's really struggling here I thought he was going to play a lot better especially with the quarterback play that they have but uh, yeah, it's not a whole bunch to look at here from Jacksonville and say that this was a success. It's definitely a tough game here um, as they move to 0-2. Next up, you have Arizona and Minnesota. This one came down to a final field goal. And Minnesota had a chance to win this football game, and they missed it. They missed the field goal late. Um, you know, Kirk Cousins, I know he's capable of these type of games. The three touchdowns here. Uh, 244 in the air, but how about the uh, the performance that they got from Dalvin Cook? 22 rushes, 131 yards, 16 was his longest. Uh, he was on fire really throughout the the afternoon here. Uh, Justin Jefferson got a touchdown. Uh, Adam Thielen got a touchdown. Um, you got KJ Osborne had a touchdown. He actually led him too. Five receptions, 91 yards here um, on the day. So. This one was one that uh, it was right there for Minnesota to go ahead and take, but they weren't able to get it done. On the other side of the ball, Kyler Murray, 400 yards, 29 of 36, three touchdowns. Did have the two picks there as well. Um, you know, looking at the receiving core here, Hopkins only 54 yards, but did have a touchdown here. They had Rondell Moore, who actually led him seven for 144 and a touchdown for him. Uh, A.J. Green finds the end zone coming over from Cincinnati, three for 44, touchdown for him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's a situation here where uh, you would think that Arizona would be able to stop Minnesota here. Um, I think that Arizona has definitely revamped their defense, especially their front, front seven, excuse me. Uh, but weren't able to slow down Minnesota, so I have to take uh, my hat off to Minnesota. I didn't think that they were going to be able to move the ball the way that they did, but they were. And so uh, either way, um, these are the type of games that you're going to see there in the uh, AFC West uh, in that division. So Arizona definitely showing that uh, they're definitely going to be built to score points, which I think you're going to need in that division if you're going to win it. Next up, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, beat the Falcons 48-25 to 25 here. This is all about Tom Brady here. Tom Brady, um, a terrific day. Went out there, had 24 uh, for 36 on the pass attempts, 276 and five touchdowns here. Looking awfully, awfully good here in year two, especially after a minicamp. Um, Mike Evans comes to the party for this one. Two touchdowns after getting shut out here in week one. You had uh, Rob Gronkowski. He had two touchdowns. He's been on a tear. Um, and then Chris Godwin as well got a touchdown too. So listen, this was all about Tampa Bay. And really now the question is, 
is Tom Brady playing better now at 44 than he is at 24? And I kind of think he is. I think he's in a situation where this is probably the most weapons that he's had around him since uh, maybe the days when they had Randy Moss, um, you know, they had Wes Welker, um, and, you know, all those guys that actually can make plays in the passing game. And I think they also had Lawrence Maroney as well at the running back position. So, listen, Tampa Bay is awfully good. I definitely picked them to be there um, in the conference finals here um, in the East. I, I think that they're that good. and They, they might actually be on course to, to repeat as a Super Bowl champion. Next up, you have the Dallas Cowboys versus the Los Angeles Chargers. Coming down to a last-second field goal, Dallas getting it done, 20-17 here. Um, I think a lot of people thought that Dak Prescott was going to play a lot better than he did. Um, 23-27, of uh, did throw the pick, no touchdowns here. But more importantly, when I look at the running game here, Tony Pollard leads the running game um, with 13 rushes, 109 yards, and a touchdown there. Ezekiel Elliott probably looked the best he's looked in probably maybe a year and a half. 16 for 71 and a touchdown for him. Um, did have two for 26 in the, the, the passing game as well. Um, Amari Cooper, three for 24. But how about CeeDee Lamb, eight of 81. Um, and this is what you expect. If you're a Dallas fan, you expect it for, for CeeDee Lamb to step up. And he did. Um, he looked good at it, and so, you know, they were able to definitely escape here with the win, but I think long-term, Dallas might be in some trouble, especially with the injuries that they're facing here um, on the defensive side of the ball. Now, on the other side of the ball, when I look at uh, the Chargers here, Justin Hubert, um, two interceptions on the day, um, only one touchdown, 31 of 41, 338. You had Austin Eckler, 9 for 54 on the ground. Um, and then, you know, he also was not too effective. Well, he actually, yeah, he was more effective, actually, in the passing game with the nine receptions for the 61 yards. So I was going to say uh, not necessarily too effective on the running, but did lead the uh, Chargers here. Keenan Allen, four for 108. Uh, how about Mike Williams? I talked about him, and, and I was looking at this game. I'm thinking that Mike Williams has really quietly started to come into his own here. Um, I think he's no longer just a guy that's going to be a deep threat. Had seven receptions for 91 yards and a touchdown. He looked awfully good. Awfully, awfully good. Um, and on the other side of this, how about Jared Cook? Three receptions, 28 yards, no touchdown. The one touchdown he did get actually got called back on a procedure penalty. Um, and that's tough, you know, because this guy was one of the guys that I'm sure you rushed out to get him. Um, you know, fantasy football wise, you were picking up Jared Cook really could have salvaged the day um, if there wasn't an illegal procedure call there. But uh, as it turns out, Jared Cook didn't really have the best of days here. And uh, much like other times here, the Chargers late game management not able to seal the deal. Um, on a close football game next up is probably the game of the day on Sunday which was Tennessee and Seattle Tennessee overtime 33 to 30 look Seattle had Tennessee pretty much beaten 
Um, I mean, Tennessee just looked flat. Uh, they looked dead in the water. Um, but then they just got it going. They really started to get it going. The second half here, especially Julio Jones, six receptions, 128 yards. I mean, Julio was just pretty much unstoppable out there. And A.J. Brown, three for 43. Uh, he's really been struggling here. But really the key for them was the fact that Derrick Henry, 35 rushes, 182 yards, and three touchdowns. This guy got it going. People were worried, hey, could they could they get Derrick Henry going? And the answer is, yes, they could. And you look at the fact that when teams start to have to make a decision to stop Derrick Henry, that's just going to open it up for A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. Um, they looked really, really good here. On the other side of the ball, 22 for 31, two touchdowns for Russell Wilson here. Um, once again, the offense sputtered. It sputtered out after a terrific start. Tyler Lockett, eight receptions, 178 yards, and a touchdown for him. Freddie Swain, um, a touchdown for him on five receptions for 95 yards. And DK Metcalf, uh, you know, six receptions, 53 yards, didn't find the end zone here. But um, this is a situation where Seattle struggled last year. Um, they, they would get out to these leads, they would get out early, and then they would struggle down the stretch. And I think this is something that Seattle is going to have to address here. Um, defensively, they're definitely depleted here. Um, they're going to have to figure out a way to kind of slow it down once they, they get up um, and kind of help their defense out there and kind of milk some clocks and things like that. Um, I know they didn't really get the type of day that they wanted in the running tack from Chris Carson. You know, he's 13 for 31 yards. Um, did have two touchdowns here, uh, but I think they probably would have been able to maybe milk out the clock some more um, if they probably would have ran the football more and maybe even gave this guy some more carries. So um, it's a tough loss there. Tough loss for Seattle. You know, I just kind of think, again, the one thing that they're going to have to address is the balance uh, on the offense and then also too they're gonna have to try to figure out something to just slow down teams on the defense then um, next up here we have the Kansas City Chiefs and the Baltimore Ravens here so this was Monday night's game this one actually went down to the final moment here the Ravens pretty much went for it on fourth and one sealed the deal here um, and watching this one I knew that if the Ravens punted the football over to Kansas City. They were not going to win the game. They just weren't going to win the game. The way Mahomes was going up and down the field, and same with uh, Lamar Jackson here, I did not feel that if the Ravens kicked the ball, they were going to get the stop. Um, Patrick Mahomes, 24 for 31, three touchdowns, 343. Um, and then also, too, they had a big, big fumble here with Clyde Edwards O'Leary. Um, which pretty much it would have been a drive that essentially might have locked up the game here. Uh, they were in scoring position, and just that fumble just kind of crushed them. Uh, Travis Kelsey, 7 for 109, a touchdown for him. Byron Pringle, 2 for 63, a touchdown for him. Um, Tyreek Hill, very quiet. Three receptions, 14 yards, 7 was his longest here. Um, and this was surprising, especially on a day where... Lamar Jackson threw two interceptions here to tie uh, to tie Tyron uh, Matthew. Um, you know, I thought that that was a shocker, really. You know, to throw those two interceptions to him, I thought that you know this was really going to be the Chiefs' day. But um, 
the Ravens held right in there. They held in there. Uh, they stayed true to what they do, which is running the football. 107 yards for Lamar Jackson on the ground and two touchdowns there. Uh, Latavius Murray got a touchdown as well. You got Tyson uh, Williams. Or Tyson Williams, excuse me, 13 for 77 for him. Uh, they got Marquise Brown going, six receptions, 113 yards and a touchdown there. Um, listen, the Ravens came back, made amends there from where they had lost uh, Monday night there in Las Vegas. Uh, it wasn't the prettiest win, but they got it done. Um, so a, a tough, tough, tough win there for the Ravens at home. Lastly was today's game. You had the Green Bay Packers versus the Detroit Lions here. Uh, the Packers come out, put up 35 points, and Detroit 17 points fall to 0-2 here. So I'm not shocked that the Packers win the game here. I'm not shocked that Aaron Rodgers has four touchdowns here um, at all. Really, in Devontae Adams, eight receptions, 120, uh, 121 yards. Ryan Tanyan, three receptions, 52 yards, and a touchdown for him. Uh, three touchdowns here for Aaron Jones. Listen... I knew that the Packers were going to come back and play a lot better. Um, With the Detroit Lions, uh, we've talked about it before. They don't have a lot of weapons here. Uh, TJ um, Hawkerson there, the tight end, actually was their leading uh, receiver here in the passing game. Eight receptions for 66 yards and a touchdown for him. Um, You know, DeAndre Swift, four for 41 for him. Eight for 37 on the ground. Um, you know, Jamal Williams, seven for 25 here. Detroit really just struggled. Point blank, they just struggled. They struggled. Um, and this is going to be a tough year for Detroit. And this right here for as far as Green Bay is concerned, you're hoping that this is going to be a rebound for them. You really hope that they um, now can move on from week one. They definitely look flat. I think the storyline about Aaron Rodgers and everything like that has definitely been weighing heavily on this team. So for them to come out and get this win, I think it's huge. Um, and that essentially kind of wraps up week two in the NFL here. And uh, so now I'll shift a little bit more focus here and go over to uh, fantasy football here. Um, I talked about it a little bit here, but a lot of people rushed out to go get um, Eli Mitchell, you know, for the 49ers. Now they're saying he has a shoulder. Um, you have Jamichael Hasty. He has an ankle here. And this is that situation again. If you've invested into the 49ers, this is tough for you. You know, I thought that Brandon Ayuk was going to be playing a lot better. He's been very, very uh, pedestrian here the last couple weeks, not even really in the game plan. And it looks like Debo Samuel is the guy if he can stay healthy and stay on the field. Um, so tough, really, if you're looking to invest in the San Francisco 49ers here. Um, other than like a George Kittle, I, I mean, obviously, he's probably long gone there. Um, you know, these are, I think, the people that are going to probably make the most impact there is Debo Samuels and Kittle. Um, with that running back field, I think it's a situation where it's going to be a running back by committee, a, like, a lot like it was last year. And uh, you're going to have to worry about the injuries as well. So I would kind of probably stay away from that. Um, next up, what everybody is talking about. I remember you could literally get this guy off the free agency list at, at, at will last year. But this year, you definitely, if you went out and you got Gronkowski, 
I think you got to steal. Uh, he is starting to look a lot like what he did with the Patriots. He is on a tear. Um, I, I don't know if it's three or four touchdowns really in two weeks here, but he's looking very good. He had two touchdowns here on Sunday. Um, I definitely think this is a pickup that you for sure need to, to, to get it done if he's still available out there. For sure, pick him up. Um, next up, you know, just kind of looking to see, um, you know, kind of what's going to be out there for week number two. Oof. Not a whole bunch of buds for anybody. Um, I know the one person that's probably out there that a lot of people are probably maybe looking at after his performance is Daniel Jones. Um, showed that he was a dual threat here. Um, I think he is going to have to be a dual threat for the Giants to have a chance just because Saquon Barkley is not all the way healthy here. Um, I, I like it as a streaming option. I'm not saying I like Daniel Jones to be... Uh, my starter but if he's you could do a lot worser let's put it you could do a lot worser and I think that if he's going to take that next step uh and really prove that he should be the starter out there I have to think that he's going to give it everything that he can give um and certainly I think that that bodes well if you go to pick him up next up another guy to definitely target to me is Sony Michelle um especially now that Daryl Henderson has been out with the injury, uh, could be missing time with the injury um, for this upcoming week. Uh, you know, he's he's missed time in the past with injury. Um, Sony Michelle almost actually had as many yards as Henderson as well. Um, here's a guy that's experienced, uh, played on some Super Bowl teams, and I think that with the quarterback play that he's getting from Matthew Stafford, I feel like there's going to be some holes that open up here. So, if you took the time to invest and maybe stashed um, Sony Michelle away, I think that this is another terrific pickup for you um, if you're looking at fantasy football. So with that being said, um, that's really the show for this week. This is Rico with Real Talk Sports. We'll be back next week uh, talking more week three and then also to jumping into uh, fantasy football there as well. So uh, for myself, for uh anchor for the sponsors out there and for the fans that have actually chimed in on a week-to-week basis to help drive topics to the show we'll see you next time take care